Hello, hello, hello. You're listening to Two Sips of Tea, the podcast of positivity. And we all can use a few extra sips of that right about now. So I am your host, Tamika Tanksley, the midwife for midlife, empowering women to find the courage to heal the wounds of our wombs. Because ladies, we got a purpose to birth. So before we sip into today's episode, I got to give a big hug and thank you to everyone who enjoyed the first sip of Two Sips of Tea and have returned for another savory sip. Your love, support, encouragement, and sharing of your own stories have been affirming to say the least. And as I said before, we're all pregnant with purpose, and I'm truly humbled by your graciousness about what God has purposed me to do, which is so a seed of sisterhood that enables us all to use our God-given gifts. And on the strength of that, here's a public service announcement. So last week, I mentioned finding my midlife tribe with women 40 to 65. So my Goldie girls, who also listened and offer accolades and support, shared their enjoyment and feelings of inspiration. But some over 65 said, hey, don't forget about me. Or I loved it. I know it's not for my age group, but I shared it with other women. So listen, ladies, listen. I've been sipping with my Goldie girls my entire life. Sipping at your feet, collecting pearls of wisdom, and I ain't going to stop now. So I'm personally inviting you to continue to sip into the tea room with us as we continue to sit at your feet and your kitchen table, Mom Johnson, because your insight is invaluable as women who've been there, done that, and binge-watched. I remember turning 40, and I was telling one of my goldies, Miss Liz, yeah, I'm not going to care what people think. And she said, yes, you will. <laughs> yes, you will. Oh, you going to care. It ain't until you're about 50, you'll stop. Trust me. And guess what? At 47.7, she was right. Because there's still a piece of me that care, but now there's a bigger piece of me that could care less. So we, we need that motherly love as we continue to learn from each other. So Goldies, if you're having a good time and you feel inspired with us, come sit with us for a little while because you might mess around and move your little something something you done retired off the back burner messing around with us. So now that I'm done with the church announcements, and actually I really did do the church announcements, that's why I'm thinking, gosh, this feels familiar. <laughs> so as they say, all hearts and mind clear. Amen. So let's get into today's tea. On the last episode, I shared sips about the podcast, and today I am pouring a soulful sip of the tea behind the tea. That's me. So as we start laying our foundation for us becoming good girlfriends on this beautiful journey, as I'm fond of saying a journey traveled with a friend is a trip I'll take over and over again. So ladies, click your seatbelts and your favorite pair of high heels or slippers and let's enjoy this ride. So who's the tea? You know, that's me, Square, Biz, any Tina Marie fans. And don't worry, I ain't going to sing because y'all just got here. And I do want you to stay a little while. And if I sing, that's just not going to happen. So let's take it from the top, shall we? 30 years ago, we're going to the tippy top now. So hold on. That's why I say click your seatbelt. 30 years ago, in the back of my senior yearbook, under future ambition, I said talk show host. Now, this was way before people considered talk show hosts to be a viable career especially for a little black girl with a big dream from North Philly. So there was a lot of non-believers out there giving plenty of side eye, rolling eye, and blank stares. And I get it. Talk show host wasn't the kind of job listed in the mega section of the Philly Enquirer. 
or careerbuilders and monsterjobs.com. They didn't have it on there. And Kelly Girl Temp Agency, they definitely had that kind of assignment. But in the words of the notorious B.I.G., baby, it was all a dream. And it all started the day I gave my candidate for junior and senior class president speech in the auditorium of Dobbins Vocational High School in 1990. Lord, it ain't sound too long ago until I said it out loud. <laughs> so that morning, I was on my way to data entry class when I saw Janelle, one of the other candidates, who said, good luck. And I'm like, luck for what? Well, our speech is next period. What? Nobody told me that. Who said that? So needless to say, when I arrived at my class, no data got entered that day because I was in a panic. And then I put my teacher in the tizzy because I had her calling around to confirm the information. Bless her heart. So when she came back with the word, boo, is happening. Oh, my goodness. I was frantic because I really wanted to win, but I wasn't prepared. But just before the bell rang, I said to somebody, bring me a dictionary. I need a dictionary. I opened it to pee. And on a ripped piece of notebook paper, I wrote the definition of a president, then headed to the auditorium. Janelle spoke first, and I heard everything she said up until my campaign manager, Kelvin Bonaparte. What? Campaign manager? We were supposed to have a campaign manager? Nobody told me nothing about a campaign manager. Who said that? But never let them see you sweat. Janelle takes her seat, and our class advisor, Mr. Smith, calls my name. I approached the podium with poise, wearing wool, Kelly green palazzo pants and a pale pink blouse with a petite gold chain connecting the lapels. Funny the things you remember, ain't it? Because I can't tell you what I had on three days ago. Chances are it was pajamas, but I'm really not sure. So anyway, my first words were, good morning, class of 91. <sighs> Everybody start cheering because we love hearing that, right? 91. My name is Tamika Tanksley and I am a candidate for class president. But before I tell you why, you should elect me as your president. Let me first give you the definition of a president. I don't recall what I said after that. But what I do remember is the exclamation of cheers from my peers. And that was the day I learned I had something to say and somebody was willing to listen. By the way, I won the presidency. So as a result, I began competing as an orator throughout the city. But the contest that crystallized my vision was One Vote Makes a Difference, sponsored by radio station Power 99 as a part of their Mentors Day contest. After winning for Dobbins, I was a city finalist and would be competing against the winners from other high schools. Our teacher, Dr. Martina Kendrick, said, I'm going to take you to Temple University to make a professional recording for that final round. Cool. So we went to the basement of Annenberg Hall, home of Klein School of Media and Communications, where we were greeted by a student who took me to a booth and said, put these headphones on, speak directly into the mic, say your speech over and over again, and don't worry about messing up. Got it. I did just as he said, and it was love at first mic for what was hours felt like minutes. I floated out of that booth like a love struck Peppy Le Pew. <laughs> Y'all remember Peppy from Looney Tunes? Honey, when he was in love, one no talking him down. And that was me. So when I came out, I said, what, what is all this? Like, what's, what's this called? And they said, this is communication. This is where you learn about broadcasting, radio, television, film, journalism, et cetera, et cetera. I said, yo, this is what I'm going to do. 
So I win Power 99's contest. And the prize included a day at the radio station with Lorraine Ballard Morrow, who introduced us to Carter and Sanborn in the morning on Power 99 FM. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. You know, I was a starstruck teenager. You know, you finally see somebody that you always hear on the radio. You get like, <gasps> so we met them and some other on-air talents, producers, managers, everybody. So now I'm thinking, hmm. See, I was already intrigued by the beautiful black women I saw on local TV. Women like Edie Huggins, the first black woman on WCAU TV. Trudy Haynes, the first black woman on KYW TV. Honey, and Miss Trudy is still at 94 years old doing the Trudy Haynes show. Still flawless, not a hair out of place, makeup just impeccable, just still fierce. I put Miss Trudy up against any whippersnapper that want to come out of broad, broadcasting school. Get them, Miss Trudy. And then there's my girl, Lisa Thomas-Laurie, who I had the pleasure of meeting. I told her my story. She told me hers. And I just walked away with hearts in my eyes. So she was the first black woman on WPVI-TV. Now, fun fact. While Lisa got the Philly gig, there was another black female broadcaster who interviewed for the position. And although she didn't get the job, she ended up in another big city with her own show which I watched every day after school at 4 o'clock as a master's class. And that was the Oprah Winfrey Show. Mm-hmm. However, interestingly enough, while I loved seeing these ladies who looked like me on TV, I never made the connection as a career for myself until that day in the booth at Temple University. It was something magical about that moment headphones on, speaking directly into the mic and hearing my voice over and over again that made everything click, which is why that next year I memorialized my dream as a future ambition and wrote talk show host. Now after high school, I actually wanted to go to Howard University, major in communications, intern at BET, and after graduation have my own show like Teen Summit. Because while most girls were singing in their hairbrush, I was talking in mine. In fact, my mom would say, turn the radio off. Oh, God, I didn't like that. So, but, you know, my parents who were paying for my college education, who came from humble beginnings in rural South Carolina. My dad was a construction worker. My mother's was a teacher's aide. So they wasn't making a whole bunch of money. So they sacrificed basically everything so I could be something. So they ain't see my D.C. vision. They was like, nah, player, mm-mm. We ain't paying that out-of-state tuition. And D.C., you know that's too far to watch you. <laughs> but what you can do, you can go to any school in Pennsylvania. So I took my talents back to Broad Street at Temple University, 15 minutes from home, as if I was in D.C. My roommates will always ask, you going home this weekend? Nope. <laughs> so I lived on campus as a bright, dreamy-eyed freshman majoring in radio, television, and film because I was going to be a triple threat storyteller. And I enjoyed several successful semesters that included an A on my first video project entitled The Line Zone, which featured some of Temple's most non-eligible bachelors as flies caught in their own web of lies. Now, full disclosure, it was a loose script, but we all know that art imitates life. So unfortunately, I was pulling from personal experience. In fact, I'm still pulling from personal experience, hence my current marital status. <laughs> 
Anywho, so my vision for the opening was inspired by the TV show Twilight Zone. So I'm like, ooh, I know what I'm going to do. The Lion Zone. Now, this was the early 90s. So I was in my dorm room getting real creative for the intro. So I had a cassette tape with the Twilight Zone theme song, a video recorder, and my Apple Mac Cube, the little cute little round one with the starry screensaver where all the little dots looked like they were coming out at you. So I zoomed in. So all you could see was the screensaver. Oh, and the little red button from the video recorder and action. Do, 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 do. You have now entered. Do, 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 do. The lying zone. Mm. Now the opening scene, it was a telephone that didn't ring. Now who knew I was going to be foreshadowing ghosting? I still got that tape too, somewhere. But again, I got an A, which let me further know I was chasing the right dream. But my creative momentum came to a screeching halt when I got blindsided by the blind men who showed up with a wrecking ball and derailed my dreams, all because my vision was too big for them to see. Blind men, your haters and your naysayers. And and can we just take a pause for the cause right now and give credit where credit is due? Because haters, not only are they going hate, but my God. They come early, they stay late, they work through lunch, no smoke break, no vacation, plenty overtime, double shift, oh, and they love a graveyard shift, all in attempt to kill, steal, and destroy your dream. So ladies, we can learn a lot from a hater, because they got one heck of a work ethic, and they always looking for some work. So you better go ahead now and give them something to do, and go to work on Myra's dreams. (laughs) So all right. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Now, what was I saying? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. The haters, naysayers, and the blind men. So, so now newsflash. Sometimes the blind men show up as family and friends who mean well. Most of them anyway. But they're afraid that your dreams seem like an evil Knievel stunt and you're going to miss. So that's why they can't see the vision. Now, one day the blind men said to me, who you think you're going to be? Lisa Thomas Lori? Oprah Winfrey, ain't a lot of black girls doing that. You better do something you can get a job in. Well, sir, just like that, my dreams were bludgeoned. I stopped believing in myself. My confidence was gone. And now I'm doubting everything I knew to be true about me and my gifts. So with a broken heart and shattered dream, after some time off, because now I done lost my way, I changed my major to public relations. So I stayed in communications because I was doing it for a while. Secretly, my parents thought I was doing a business. So one month after graduation, I got a job in my field, which is a parent's Powerball, honey. That's the moment they all pray for. But after that first job, I had several jobs and each one was worse than the first because it was always something somebody else thought I should be doing. And when I would say to them, like, this ain't what I want to do. Oh, no, see, this job will help you do that. And it never did. So y'all better stop following these blind men, honey, because everybody not going to have 2020 when it comes to seeing your vision. That's why the key word is your vision. Everybody not going to see what you see. And that's okay. We ain't mad. In fact, I had to tell somebody last week, two sips of tea ain't everybody's cup of tea. And I ain't mad because I don't drink. From everybody's cup. Myself. And they not mad. (laughs) Right? But that's why as my Aunt Del often tells me. To thine own self be true. 
So you got to know that you know that you know for yourself. You got to be rooted and booted in what God has gifted you to do. If not, you're going to find yourself like a feather in a windstorm of other people's opinions blowing all over the place. And see, that's how you get distracted and detoured from your destiny. Don't put no more dreams out there in the grave. I heard they already full of unfulfilled dreams and they don't want no more. But they ain't got to worry about us, right? Because we getting it all the way together as we live the life we were born to live prosperously in peace and on purpose. Amen. Now, where's my amen corner? Y'all out there? Okay, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Now, fast forward to my last job. We sliding in the home now, so don't hang up. So at my last job, I was writing something, and I love a good quote. So I came across this quote by Confucius, which said, choose a job you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. Hmm. I read it over and over again. Choose a job you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. I said it until it became clear to me that I had been operating out of fear because every job I ever had chose me. Why? Well, I was too afraid to choose me and the job I loved. So there I was building a blind man's dream who played on my insecurities and convinced me that I wasn't good enough to use my gifts for myself. So I might as well gift my talents to them and build their dream. Ain't they a trip? Can't trust it, honey. You will get all jammed up like smuckers. So now one day God said to me, you still playing around over there? God get gangster on you sometime. Didn't I tell you to get out of that boat almost 12 years ago? No problem, because now I'm going to flip you out. Mm, true story, but a sip for another day. But, but let me say this. Sometimes the thing you think is keeping you from drowning, i.e. staying in the boat, i.e. the discomforts of the comfort zone, it's the very thing drowning you in your dream. Where's that church organist? (laughs) That is shower material, right? So listen, while on vacation, you hear me say I was on vacation? While on vacation, which was after I produced another stellar event at my job, I was fired. Yeah, I thought that kind of stuff only happened to Craig and them. Remember the movie Friday when Craig was trying to explain to Smokey how he got fired on his day off? Hmm. Turns out it's a real event, people. Who knew? But can I tell you something? Before I walked out of that door, I realized I wasn't fired. I was freed because I had to get fired from that job in order to be promoted to my purpose. And now the little girl with the big dream is all grown up with the volume turned up as she hosts her own show, just as it was written three decades ago. Mercy. I got my shouting shoes on now. (laughs) And at 47 years of age, as I sit in my home studio with my headphones on, speaking directly into the mic, sharing my story over and over again and not worried about messing up, I feel the same way I felt as a high school junior in the basement of Annenberg Hall. Because when you're walking in your purpose, no matter how much time has passed, it will be as if no time passed at all. Because God say what now? I will restore unto you the years that the locusts and Kegelmormon have eaten up. Joel 2.25. So now looking back, I appreciate young Tamika. And I thank her from the depths 
of my heart for having the courage to protect our dream all these years. Because at 17, 27, and even 37, I didn't understand the magnitude of what it meant to write the vision and make it plain. Call those things that aren't as though they are and simply believe until today. So I dedicate today's episode to all my fellow dreamers, especially those who may be a little fearful about hitting the button. They say if you're not afraid, then you're not dreaming big enough. Then when you do dream the big dream, you're still afraid. I mean, so what's the girl supposed to do? (laughs) I mean, really? Well, don't do what I did. See, I thought I had to be fearless before making a move when really it's about finding the courage to fear less about doing it afraid which is exactly what I did just one week ago. But in order to do it afraid, what I found helpful is understanding what I was really afraid of. And in 2010, I was in the checkout line of the supermarket and I saw an old magazine on the cover. And the question was, what's your true calling? Plus the quiz that reveals what's holding you back and helps you move on. Well, without hesitation, I snatched that magazine up so fast. You'd have thought I was on the cover in a big scandal. (laughs) But I I grabbed it because I'm like, oh, my God, I need this because I was stuck. I was frustrated. You know, it was 2010. So I told you my bubble got bust a long time ago with my dream. So I was desperate for some answers. So as soon as I got home, I don't even think I put my ice cream in the freezer. I pulled out the magazine and I took the quiz by Valerie Burton. Who, by the way, is just absolutely wonderful. I emailed her once and told her this story and she emailed me back. I was like, so maybe she'll have two sips of tea with us one day. So anyway, so once you calculate your score, it gives you three options for what could be holding you back. So one was the obvious fear of failure. We've all heard of that. Then it was one I never heard of fear of disapproval. And then the last one was fear of success. Now, when I read that, I was like, that's dumb. Who would be afraid of success? I mean, ain't that what we all want? Well, honey, once I tallied my score, guess who was afraid of success? Ding, 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 ding. Yup, you got it, me. Now I'm confused. Because again, I'm like, I thought we all wanted success, right? Right. But what they don't tell you is success comes at a cost, a price many aren't willing to pay or prepared to pay, including me. So after reading my results, it really helped put things in perspective. So this is what it said. You're fairly confident in your abilities, but you balk at the pressure to maintain success once you have it. You know that your achievements will breed higher expectations and you worry that you won't be able to meet them. Mm. Well, them first two sentences told my entire life story. So it goes on to say other things and it ends with tips and some exercises for overcoming that success. But it really gave me something to think about because now here's the truth. If I really want to shame the devil, my sisters are 12, 14 and 16 years older than me. So I grew up as the baby of the family. I lived with Olivia Popes. (laughs) And if something went down, it got handled. Like the time when I never got a jump with my own jump rope. I stayed on the end somehow. So my sister and her friend who were on our front porch, they came off and then they started turning rope. And then it was just me jumping till I got tired while everybody else watched. (laughs) Then it was another time. Remember the leather trench coats? 
when remember when they was popular? So I got me one. So I had put one on layaway in Center City on Chestnut Street. And when I went to get it off layaway, it just seemed thin to me. I'm like, this ain't my coat. And they're like, yes, it is. I'm like, no, this ain't mine. Child, looking back, I think it really was. But in any way. So I said, no, I don't want it. And they basically told me, look, no Roger, no rerun, no rent. Too bad, too sad. No refund, no exchanges, no cash, no care. Goodbye. Okay, I said. Well, I came back. But this time I walked in with my sister, baby, and we walked out with $350 cash in hand because it was handled. (laughs) And that's just two stories of too many stories to tell. But the point is this, if I'm honest. I really didn't have a lot of responsibility. And even as an adult, if something popped off, it was handled. So one of my fears about success is the responsibility that comes with being successful. And just as they said, it's like, am I going to be able to handle that? You know, like I, I believe in the gifts that God has given me. But it too much is given, much is required, right? So it's like, oh, gosh, am I going to be able to do that? So listen, I got a little homework assignment. For other sisters feeling stuck or frustrated, and you too can use some answers. Perhaps you procrastinate, but, you know, you're thinking, is it just a bad habit of me putting things off, or could it really be fair? So I want you to take this quiz by Valerie Burton, and you can find it by typing in your search engine, what's holding you back quiz. And then that's going to take you to Oprah.com, and then you can find out possibly what's holding you back from pursuing your dream. So take the quiz. Let's figure it out and then join us on our Facebook page and let's talk about it. So it's two sips of tea. Come over there. Let us know your results and let's talk about it. Let us know, you know, how do you feel? What are you thinking? Share your thoughts. What dream that you really want to pursue? But you find yourself being a little hesitant. We're also on Instagram. So I want you to please connect with us there again. It's at two sips of tea. The number two sips of and just the letter T. And I just want to mention that our website will be up and running soon. So I thank you for just growing with us and evolving and blooming as we bloom. And I'm so, so excited. And so until we sip again, if you enjoyed this episode, please follow and share with your friends and have some more sips. So I want to thank you for listening. And you can join me every Tuesday at 2. That's 2 Sips of Tea, Tuesdays at 2. Now say that two times. <laughs> and tune in for more 2 Sips of Tea and me, Tamika Tanksley. Remember, ladies, life is sweeter in sips. So let's savor the flavor and enjoy the ride one sip at a time. Cheers. <laughs>